Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. It's good to see you here to get in the Word this morning and to worship the Lord Jesus this morning and to fellowship with brothers and sisters. It's encouraging to see you here in person. We welcome those that are online as well. Uh, we are still going through the Sermon on the Mount in a series uh, that's called The Trivial Life. We don't want to be caught up in trivial matters in this one life we have, but we want to glorify God and live in this weighty life and ascribe all praise to him. Now, there are some things we've covered so far in the Sermon on the Mount, which would be sins we would be familiar with. Anger, greed, lust, things like that, that we would maybe have come to our attention. We know that we can fight against them and there is freedom in Christ. But have you ever had a sin brought to your attention that you weren't really paying attention to? You didn't realize it was in your life and then it was surfaced. You said, oh, that is ugly. That is something to apply the gospel to your heart and grace and you found freedom. Well, we're going to talk about something this morning that in the word of God, a sin that wasn't even on my radar, it was brought up to my attention about 10, 11 years ago, and it was embedded deep in my life, and I had an opportunity to, to work through repentance and grace and healing and mercy, and, and I'm praying the same for you today, and that is the sin of being judgmental or judgmentalism. If you want to go ahead and look at what we're going to say in the scripture here, Matthew chapter 7. You want to look at it there? We're going to look at verses uh, 1 through 6, and we're going to talk about how we can relate to one another in non-judgmental and not uh, critical ways. And, and just in case you were wondering if you deal with this issue ever, I want to show you something, all right? It's in my pocket. Here it is. So, this past year, have you ever judged anybody for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? Of course not. <laughs> now we've moved on to the vaccine, right? You're judging people who get it, judging those who don't get it. You see, this is, these are kind of just surface judgment just to kind of bring it to the surface. But what we're going to see is that it's much deeper than that. Because some of our resentment that we have toward others, bitterness, dealing with difficult people, difficult relationships, husband and wife with your kids, a lot of that is rooted in a, in a judgmental spirit. And, and Jesus is going to bring that to the surface. And he say, let's deal with that this morning for freedom. All right, you ready for this? Let's do this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. 
Right, let's just stop right now. When the Bible says do not judge, it doesn't mean you can't discern between right and wrong. You can make moral judgments. We can say, yes, there is a hell, and we're not being judgmental in saying that. It's not judgmental when we say, no, people in the village should not pretend to be married and live together when they're not married. We can say that, right? We can make moral judgments, okay? We're not being judgmental. We're sticking to the word of God. Even Jesus does that. Later on in chapter 7, he's going to say, watch out for false prophets. You've got to make a discernment between right and wrong. But what he's getting at here is a critical spirit where you make an attempt to play God, that you're going to make a judgment upon a person and their actions where you place yourself in a position that is godlike and you bring that condemning finger, heart, spirit on them. And if they don't get their act together, you're going to stay away from them and God's going to get them because you are judging them. That, that's kind of the heart he's getting at. And if you're not careful, we do this throughout all areas of life. Let me show you something. I'm going to read something to you. This is one man's story of where he has put himself up as superior and see if you can relate to his story, okay? Let me read this to you. He says, I have judged my wife for being fearful, obsessive, slow, and about 10 other things. I have judged computer programmers for writing software that is not user-friendly civil engineers for unclear road signs, other drivers for cheating when merging in construction zones, businessmen for being greedy and dishonest, and politicians for being corrupt. I have judged weak people for being burdens on society and strong people for being insensitive to weak people conservatives for being fearfully close-minded, and liberals for being irresponsibly open-minded. I have judged Christians for being lukewarm hypocrites and other Christians for being unrealistic fanatics. And I have judged the general public for being stupid, selfish, and short-sighted. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, right? And when we all enter this criticism mode, we're, we're really lacking in love and real concern for others. And it's interesting, my last congregation was, was, was really young, and this congregation is old, but they can almost have the same judgmental spirit. What's so funny? I'm just speaking the truth in love. So the, the young, here's what happens, here's how young people judge, all right? They start to form their beliefs and they form in it, and they're forming it, and they think, I am absolutely right, and they start to mock and make fun of others. Well, how do the old judge? Well, the, the old may feel threatened in their positions or disturbed by the lack of productivity in their life, and, and they lash out by being judgmental and, and petty. And so whether you're young or you're old, you can have this, this judgmental spirit, and what it does, it, it rips families apart, rips relationships apart, right? And, and it can rip communities and, and churches apart. But here's the bigger problem, even bigger than that, is that the way you judge others, that's going to be returned upon you. Look what Jesus says in verse 2. For in the way you judge, 
you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. The picture here is equal judgment, like you would have equal measurements. You want to have the same measurements for everyone as you sell food in the market. In the same way, there'll be equal judgment that returns upon you as you judge others. And and you kind of wonder, well, what is he talking about? Is he saying that as as I judge someone else, then in the way that I judge them, they're going to they're going to heap it back upon me. So as I dish out judgment, that person will dish back judgment upon me. Is it talking about humans upon human judgment? Because we witness that a lot. You go after somebody, they come right back at you. But we're not going to be talking about human judgment here because what Jesus is talking about is divine judgment. The way you judge others, God will judge you. Well, that changes a lot, right? Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. He says, for if you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And the book of James says the same things in James 2.13. James 2.13 says, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And one of the great professors up at Trinity, Evangelical Seminary, D.A. Carson says, We should abolish judgmental attitudes lest we ourselves stand utterly condemned before God. A judgmental attitude excludes us from God's pardon for it betrays an unbroken spirit. We are people who have been forgiven in Jesus. We have offended the Father by our very existence and our hearts and our minds of what we've done, what we left undone, and yet he loves us so much he sent his son Jesus to live the life you can't live, to die the death you can't die, burying the wrath of God, buried, raises again, and now he's like, I got mercy for you, I got mercy for you, I got mercy for you. Come, I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna forgive your sins, forgive your mess, forgive the ways you've offended me and others, I will forgive you. And we have been recipients of such great mercy. Do you truly believe that? Because I wonder that those of us who are the harshest critics fail to understand our own depravity. Those who judge others the most fail to see their own sinfulness. And on the flip side, those who also judge the most could fail to see how much God's love really means that the gospel really is good news, that he pardons sinners like you and he pardons sinners like me. And once we start to be blown away by the gospel, we're like, wow, Lord, you've had so much mercy on me. Now I want to have mercy on others. So how do you break out of this cycle of this critical spirit, judgmentalism? How how do you break out of that cycle? Well, Jesus teaches us. Look at verse three and four. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. That's pretty funny, isn't it? It's kind of like an in-house judgment between believers, a brother. It's those closest to us that we know the most about that we're tempted to judge. We're so tempted to judge our spouses, aren't we? And our kids and the kids judge the parents and then the body of Christ. You know, what, what's interesting I've noticed is that when the, uh, the pandemic hit and we pulled away and not, we didn't meet, right? And most people were, were online. The, the criticisms and the complaints went way down. It was mainly, mainly just about masks. It really was. But now that people are back, boy, the criticism and complaints are ramping up. I'm not joking. We need to be very careful, right? Or we're going to be sniping at one another. We're going to be saying, excuse me, let me take the speck out of your eye when I have a huge plank sticking out of mine. Let me get that out of your eye, and I have a huge log. It's like we see someone else's issue, and we want to go all Dr. Phil on them, right? We want to like, let's just go deep, and let's just figure this out, and, and cure you, and, and get going. But what, what's Jesus saying? He's saying, no, 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 stop. Stop, 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 stop. Deal with your stuff first. Deal with your issues first. And, and though it is, it's very humorous, what Jesus is saying here, but it, it's not so funny when I see it in practice or when you feel it. I mean, how do you feel when someone wants you to deal with something in your own life and you're like, do you understand what you're doing in your life? How do you feel when that comes at you like that? You know, you know what I'm saying? You feel that. Jesus is like, pause, pull back, examine your own heart, deal with your junk, and then maybe start to move towards someone else. One of the best quotes I've seen on this is from William F. Warren, and I read this twice, it's so good. He says, after self-criticism takes place, relationships are based on redemptive empathy rather than condemning detachment. After self-criticism takes place, relationships are based on redemptive empathy rather than condemning detachment. Oh man, that is what I want, that redemptive empathy, because what I like to do is be detached from someone and pounce, 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 rather than say, you know what? That person may be dealing with so much. I don't know their history. I don't know the way they were raised. I don't know the problems in their life. I don't know what they're dealing with. And so I'm going to move toward them with empathy and compassion. Because who did that for you? Yeah, Jesus moved towards you. Empathy, compassion, laid down his life for you. And he knew all your stuff and he still died for you. So can you imagine us having a redemptive empathy where we're dealing with people that are difficult, that are sinful, that are doing foolish things? We move toward them and we say, hey, let me encourage you, let me help you. And all the while, we are working through our own stuff, finding forgiveness and grace and mercy. We're fighting the, the good fight. We're battling against sin, walking in redemption. I mean, how would you take it if someone confronts you and that person who confronted you is very open about their own problems, very open about their own struggles, very open about how they are confessing. And, I mean, right, it, it kind of changes the dynamic, right? 
It changes the dynamic totally. And so we want to be those people who are all about redemptive empathy. Now, there are times where we need to say something, right? There are times where we need to speak the truth in love. There are times where we need to be discriminating and make the right judgment. But as we do that, we need to be careful. Look what Jesus says in verse 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs. And do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And don't think about dogs as these nice little pets that you see in the village. Think about when I was in Ethiopia, I would just see these packs of dogs, scavengers. And don't think of pigs are like nice little piggies, you know. Don't think of that. Just think about wild boars. So let's say you go out to feed some wild boars or some scavenger dogs. You go out and, you're, and they're ready for you. They're anticipating you feeding them this wonderful food. So you throw out pearls, beautiful pearls, very, very expensive, and they start chomping on these pearls. And they're like, this is not food. Let's get them. And they turn on you and tear you to pieces. What's Jesus talking about here? Well, not only do we need to not judge, but when we do speak, we need to be very discriminating because sometimes we can confront someone. You can have your speech all laid out. You can be so loving and kind and merciful in your tone, but you confront them and they tear you to pieces. You confront them and they rip you to shreds. And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I'm not going to just jump out there and start throwing pearls of gospel forgiveness and grace to someone who's aggressively a hater, someone who doesn't want to respond in mercy. And you'll learn as you start interacting with people who that is. So at first he's talking about being, don't be judgment, judgmental, but now he's talking about being discriminating in the sense of who you speak the truth and love to, who you share the gospel with. Of course you share the gospel with everybody, but keep in mind there are some that are aggressively hating God. And you've shared the gospel with that neighbor once, twice, and they're like, if you come over here again, I'm going to shoot you. You see what I'm saying? It's that's the pearls before swine. And the same thing can happen with believers. You can confront someone in sin, and they're like, they, they just start slandering you and going off on you. You're like, I need to be discriminating as I'm interacting with someone who is stuck in sin, who has no desire to repent. It's almost like Paul's like, I'm going to hand them over to Satan to deal with them. You know, you just, you have to have this discriminatory in the sense in a, in a gracious way of those you speak the truth to if they're going to turn and tear you to pieces. But for the most part, the people you interact with and your heart is not usually dealing with that occasionally. Because wouldn't you agree that our, our largest problem is being judgmental? It's taking that godlike posture of, of condemning someone. You know, one of the things that uh, I do as a pastor about 24 years now is that sometimes it's kind of hard to talk to the people in the congregations that I've been in. There's nothing wrong with the people. There's just something wrong with me. And, and so from time to time, I have to go see Christian counselors. 
that can kind of work me through the word of God and, and help me deal with some issues in my life. So about 10, 11 years ago, I went to see a, another Christian counselor and I was telling him what I was dealing with in my life and, he's, and I'm thinking he's just gonna maybe pounce on the people that are hurting me. And, and, he, and he basically said, there is a lot of judgmentalism in your heart. So he turns it back on me. By the way, when you go see counselors, those are the kinds you want. That don't just say, the problem's always out there. No, look at your heart. And he started working me through some of this bitterness, resentfulness, and judgmentalism. And he, and he took me through some truths that I want to take you through here at the end. Are you okay with that? I'm going to share some things with you that were helpful to me to work through this spirit I had within me and still struggle with today. So I'm going to share some of the truths that he shared with me. And, and the first one is this. The reality is that God is the judge. God is the judge. When we are using discernment and someone does something sinful and hurtful to us and we're trying to distinguish between right and wrong, realize this. God is the judge. He's going to sort it out. I don't need to judge people and condemn them to hell in my heart because God will deal with that. The second thing he told me is that judging is legalistic. Do you know what legalism is? Legalism bases acceptance upon performance. So it's almost like, let's just, just go straight to one of the biggest problems of marriage. I will accept you if you act right. I will accept you if you perform up to my expectations in all of life. If not, I will withhold my affection and my love and my connection to you until you get your act together. Can you imagine the father doing that to you? What if God's like, you know, until you get your act together, stay away. That's why judgment tends to be legalistic and you really can see it in marriages. And a lot of the, the warring going on, it's like that until you act right, I'm not going to love you. The third thing that I found helpful, and this is probably one of the most helpful things, and I don't know if it will help you or not, is that we often use judgment to protect ourselves from pain. When someone hurts us and we feel hopeless and powerless, I think we have two choices. Are you ready for these two choices? When someone has hurt you or done something very painful to you, you have two choices. One, you can strike back. You can go off on them. You can try to hurt them as much as they have hurt you. You can judge them. You can condemn them. You can go talk to whoever you want to talk to condemn them to. That's the first option. The second option is this. When someone hurts you, it's just to stand there and say, all right, come at me. That hurts. It's painful. I didn't deserve that. Maybe I did, but I didn't deserve that. I'm going to give that to God. I'm going to let God heal me. I'm going to let God deal with the situation. I'm going to let God intervene. Do you see your two options? One, when you're hurt, feeling hopeless in a situation with someone else, you can strike back or you can pull back and say, that really hurts. God, I'm bringing that to you. 
and I'll let you intervene as you see fit. One takes matter into your own hands. The other relinquishes it to God. And so if there's anyone in here, as we've been going through the word this morning, find yourself in bondage to this spirit that's critical, that's judgmental, and you're like, I really do experience that. There can be true freedom in Jesus Christ through repentance. Maybe you have such long-held strongholds of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentfulness, and a lot of that is rooted in the sin of being judgmental, of still trying to hold on and play God and bring the wrath to a certain situation that somehow your anger will fix that person, change that person. How about this morning, rather than pointing the finger at the evils done to you, you pull back and you say, God, that hurt, please heal me. Please forgive me for the ways that I've been trying to bring back wrath and judgment that only you can do. Please forgive me. And I know that this morning, probably one person came to mind. One person came to mind. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's a friend that you really have been doing this with. And I think it's appropriate to cry out to God in that relationship right now. Do me a favor and get your bulletin out. There's an insert in there. There's a prayer in there. And I'm going to read the prayer, and then we're going to pray the prayer quietly. So as I read through it the first time, think about who that one person is. It's an insert. It should be in there somewhere. Name on the back of the sermon notes. So here is how the prayer goes. I confess this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness towards as sin. I confess that I don't have the right or ability to judge. And I ask your forgiveness for this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness. I renounce this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness. I am willing to forgive and release sins against me. I acknowledge that I cannot change my own heart and mind. I ask you to give me true repentance. I ask you to give me your heart, your mind, your truth, and your compassion, humility, and forgiveness towards regarding. Lord, I cannot free myself, but I'm willing to be freed. I cooperate with your desire to free me by consenting to your work in my heart. If you want to pray that, pray silently as we go through it the second time with that person in mind. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I confess this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness towards as sin. I confess that I don't have the right or ability to judge. I ask your forgiveness for this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness. I renounce this judgment, condemnation, self-righteousness, and bitterness. 
I am willing to forgive and release sin against me. I acknowledge that I cannot change my own heart and mind. I ask you to give me true repentance. I ask you to give me your heart, your mind, your truth, and your compassion, humility, and forgiveness towards regarding Lord, I cannot free myself, but I'm willing to be freed. I cooperate with your desire to free me by consenting to your work in my heart. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.